Eastside Radio 89.7 FM. This is Arts Monday Simpoesi streaming to you from the Gerigo land of the Eora Nation. My name is Ira and I'm just dialing in to dancer and choreographer Trami Din, with whom I will be talking about her latest choreographic work, Upholding, which will be showing at the East Sydney Community and Arts Centre on 27th and 28th of January. Trami Din, do we have you on the line? Yes, good morning. Hello, good morning. Where are we finding you this morning? What is surrounding you as we speak to you? Um, I'm sitting in the living room of my family friend's house. Um, they're hosting me while I'm staying in Sydney at the moment. Um, yeah, I'm sort of sitting by the by the um, nice big windows. And are the mornings usual time of days that you feel, um, you know, at your full capacity? Do you prefer afternoons or evenings? Where, when are you most creative as well, inspired? Uh, actually, in the evenings. Mornings, I'm very much a, um, a night owl or, yeah, much more of a night person. I sort of come alive between 11pm and 2am. It's kind of when I do a lot of my thinking and writing and musing about things. Mornings is, um, I'm definitely a lot slower <laughs> and sleepy in the mornings. Mm. You speak about writing. Does that mean that you hold something like a um, creative journal or a notepad that you take with you wherever you go to jot the, the ideas down? Not um, not religiously, actually. It's more just the um, sort of a, <laughs> a relaxed version of just making notes on my phone. Mm. Um the uh, just the notes app on the iPhone is very littered with a lot of. Um, sometimes it's quite organised, but other times it's it's yeah a lot of quick sort of smashing it out on the on the keypad mm-hmm. on the phone. I wish it was a bit more organised and more romantic in actually having a nice notepad to write down, <laughs> but unfortunately, I I haven't gotten into the practice of that. I don't think you're the only one. Everyone I ask says, I wish it was more organized. So I think it just is the nature of the beast that it can't be organized. It's a bit chaotic when we have ideas. Uh, So the work that we will be talking about today is called Upholding. And uh, as mentioned, it will soon premiere at the East Sydney Community and Arts Centre. And it looks at the state or the condition of being and feeling overloaded. Could you speak a bit about what inspired you to look into this topic? Yeah, so I started started working or thinking about this work in 2020 and um, I had just seen the movie They Shoot Horses, Don't They, um, which has Jane Fonda in it. It's from, I think it was night. I can't remember the year that it came out, but in the 60s. Um, And it's a movie about dance marathons, um, a particular dance marathon, but it it made me very interested in dance marathons, which were a bit of a craze that happened during the 1920s and 30s in America, sort of during the Great Depression era. And it was this intense sort of carnival of endurance and performance and it was all really quite awful it was basically couples would uh sign up to be part of this competition of who could dance the longest so you'd you'd be in a couple and the there was rules about you know i mean the type of dancing they were doing was quite minimal it's quite just sort of step tap side to side kind Mm. of thing um but they had to keep doing that for hours and hours on end they only had 15 minute rest every hour and they were um you know needing to eat and you know 
shave their faces or brush their hair while they were dancing and um it was yeah it's this huge sort of craze about um endurance and seeing who could last the longest i think i was reading an essay the other day that was sort of referencing um how this happened at a time when the world or america at the time was sort of very interested in world records Mm. and you know sort of pushing pushing to see it was a very competitive kind of um time and yeah it's just interesting that it was um this idea of sort of entertainment and performance was also connected with um yeah competition in who could sort of like push the furthest um but yeah so the work sort of is born out of a fascination of wow (laughs) the things that we do to um keep pushing on and striving forward for uh for progress or maybe not for progress but just for personal ambition or um whatever it is that's sort of pushing you forward but there's this idea that we almost must sorry that we always must push forward Mm. um so Mm. is this something that you particularly experienced during covid times when it was so much going on and yet we were still meant to keep going and you refer to this idea the show must go on so it was that something that came out of that experience of lockdown but then how do I keep progressing within that definitely yeah everything was stalled so much I stopped you know all the rehearsals all the shows I was meant to be doing they all stopped and actually the show didn't go on and I think Mm. that (laughs) really stopped me um and yeah but you know the show the show of life had to go on Mm-hmm. The show of, you know, the economy and um, sort of trying to get society to continue moving forward was um, was very much um, part of the zeitgeist. So yeah, I was like, well, how do we how do we keep pushing on? How do I keep pushing on even just um, in my spirit for the wanting or desire to continue being an artist in a world that feels like it can't sustain that type of practice at all. Mm-hmm. Um, during this especially during the start of 2020 it was a very I remember it's so funny now I can't believe we're in 2023 and but in 2020 I just it it really was scary for a little while there right at the start when when there was so much unknown and um yeah this I was thinking about this around then so definitely I was um thinking about how 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 can we keep the show going on even though it is a bit of a um it's not the greatest mentality to have. We need to be able to stop, which I think 2020 also and this pandemic era has reminded us that it is important to stop. Um, mm. But, yeah, this work in particular is is more so looking at that. Um, mm. How do we continue? It's, it's a bit of a motivation thing, I think, for myself as well. I was like, how do I, how do I keep going? All right, I'm going to keep going by leaning into the idea of keeping going and just keep pushing. Mm. And yet also since 2020, you actually made four, this is your fourth, if I'm right, choreographic piece, um, Mm. which is quite an achievement. We are talking about two years and four works. And all of them, uh, and that in the period of this, you know, supposed stopping, um, and all of them work at quite big philosophical, maybe even existential themes, such as uh, one of them looks at the idea of the ending, uh, the other deals with the beginnings, and then there is one that uh, deals with the state of waiting, and now we have this idea of overloading. Do you yeah. see these four pieces at in, as interconnected in some way and maybe sitting under the umbrella of an overarching, bigger theme? 
Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think they're, they all sort of, they definitely all feed into the next thing. Um, and, and I think they, the overarching sort of connector is definitely an sort of an interest in or uh, trying to understand time and mm-hmm. how time is passing and how vast time is and and that we're um, yeah our we are the human condition and the way that we've set up the systems of the way that we live and structure our societies that we can't escape the passing of time or in, in that time is is such a is such a significant factor in the way that we seem to experience things or the way that we package our experiences um Mm. and i yeah it's 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 the older i get the more i realize it's yeah it's definitely not linear um but Mm. it yeah I, i think i it's an interest in yeah how how crazy it is that I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I find it a, a hard thing to grapple with, um, the passing of time. And um, I think that, you know, that first work uh, that you were sort of talking about holding was, yeah, about about the passing of time, about waiting for something to begin um, and what sort of happens in that place of um, that place of waiting, that place of, you know, you're sort of like in, in a mode that's ready to burst at any moment, but that's also... Um, sort of calm enough or you know relaxed enough state to maintain to, to sustain being ready for a long time um, whereas yeah this this work is kind of about really forging forward and pushing forward to just keep going and it's sort of more about um, you know uh, sort of creating motion to keep motion going mm. oh, I haven't said that in a very articulate way but um <laughs> You absolutely yeah. did. And also, uh, as you speak about pressure, um, is it coming through an outside influence? Is it coming from within? What are you experiencing within your own practice in that way? Um, in, as a pressure for yeah, um, the pressure progress. Yeah, is it? Yeah, exactly. The, the pressure to um, keep going. I think it's an internal thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's my I think it's a personal um personal pressure to yeah, to keep to keep going I suppose because it's 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 for it's for me. I, like I'm making this up because I feel like I need to or that I want to or that there's an interest. If I no one else would mind if I didn't. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um I think yeah, it definitely is something that I I feel at the moment compelled to be to be doing this and but I, I think there's I was I've been having this conversation the last few days with some friends actually that it's hard to and this will be the thing that all artists struggle with all the time but it's hard to strike the balance between being very serious about what what we do um but then also not taking ourselves too seriously um mm. and you know, so yeah, I, like I, I feel serious about, like I feel compelled to be wanting to make this work, but at the same time, um, it's 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 not the world isn't going to end if I don't do, if I don't make this piece. It's just um, it's just another part of 
someone's um, work practice. It's just part of someone's um, sort of daily work cycle is maybe making this work, which sort of demeans the idea of art. And, I mean, maybe I regret saying that. (laughs) That's not exactly – it doesn't really – it's sort of – what I just said there makes it sound like arts is part of the big capitalistic grind. <laughs> but um, sometimes, yeah, so, yeah, sometimes it, it 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 can fall into that. But um, yeah, I think it's it's a yeah, it's a personal push to wanting to um understand more and have more experience in making as I continue to learn and make as a choreographer and as a dancer. Mm. Also, as you were speaking about this balance between being serious and being humorous, I guess part of the seriousness or the need for it is this sense of responsibility towards audience. Sure, the world will keep going if the work doesn't exist. But if you are making work, then you are responsible because you are taking their time in a way. Mm. We come Mm. and give you time. We want to hear what you have to say. Um, Mm. So I guess there is this... um, load as well of this responsibility of um, using that time or taking that time from the audience yeah Mm. yeah yeah and how yeah it's an interesting role because you can you know yeah you don't want to um, you don't want to push an audience too much but sometimes that's that's that that is a good thing (laughs) is to push or provoke what an audience may think that they're um, expecting to see Mm-hmm. But then to also be um, very, yeah, sensitive and kind and generous with how we're sharing whatever we may be sharing. Mm-hmm. Which comes to sharing the load, which is something that you're also exploring these mm-hmm. um, ideas of um, how we manage and deal with this form uh, of feeling overloaded, both individually and collectively. Uh, mm-hmm. So from those two perspectives. Um, so can you speak a bit to that, the the difference between individual, collective and how they interlinked? Yeah. Um, well, in this work in particular, I've, I'm interested in working, or sort of interested in this idea of relaying or how can, how can we keep the ball up? So, you know, there's um, three of us in this work. So it sort of allows for two people to be dancing and one person to potentially sort of be on, a, on the bench per se, um, taking a rest while the other two hold the fort. And then we can sort of sub that person in or out or, um, you know, maybe the dancers are involved in a task um, where actually it's just one person needs to be engaged and then the other two have to be in that state of readiness or sort of waiting on the bench kind of mentality, ready to get up and go um, as soon as someone has exhausted themselves or sort of um, completed the task to the way that they need to or the way that they can in that moment. Um, So I'm sort of, you know, in that sense, interested in sort of the teamwork of Mm. – of a collective of how we how we as a machine in society or as a machine in a workplace or the machine of a family how we all sort of um, have our different roles to keep something um, up or keep yeah keep the ball up keep the ball rolling and so I guess that's where for me the sort of the title of upholding it's this idea of um, yes <laughs> holding all your marbles how do you continue um, it, it yeah, the the piece overall definitely seems to have quite. There's definitely like a a slight 
high sense of anxiety or pressure to um, to keep things going. And if we're able to share that load across the three of us, the three dancers, then um, it seems to be more manageable. Mm. Um, and also it's funny, like I have been sick the last few days and I'm, I'm not going to be stepping into rehearsals physically today, but um, the, the other two dancers will be and I'm going to be calling them in. I'll be calling in and Zooming with them later because physically I'm, yeah, it's kind of like a an exact sort of example of how we can share the load. Mm. So physically I'm stepping back today, but the other two are going to take that up and I'll sort of be directing from the couch (laughs) Mm. um as a way to sort of manage but uh yeah with the sort of load overloading or how do we manage more as an individual I think is harder and so in the studio it's something that we've played with a little bit is just um it's just sort of like overloading a task, overloading someone with too many tasks. So, you know, they're asked to do this certain phrase and talk about this at the same time while actually maybe doing that phrase of movement um, while only standing on one leg or something like that. Like mm. just sort of and seeing seeing what that brings out in the body or seeing what that brings out in um, in the performance of it. It's usually quite a desperate, <laughs> it ends up being quite desperate. But um yeah, looking at how how the body can deal with with being overloaded with maybe too many tasks or being overloaded with um you know something that is taking too much time like oh you have to sustain this for x amount of time. So how do you make sure that you can how do you, you know, keep energy keep your energy in a place where you can sustain it for a long time? Mm-hmm. Um and and now that you speak about also this sharing of the load and how we rely on each other, uh, it makes me realize that this is why we as a society often feel overwhelmed by our load because uh, of, you know, the idea of individualism and uh, feeling proud if you manage something by yourself. So I feel that maybe... Um, you know, before this era of which has been lasting forever, it seems of individualism, there was much more of sharing of the load. And and in some cultures, there still is. And um, I know that you have a background as well. You're partly Vietnamese and you have a a Buddhist background. Is this like something that you have culturally also explored um, how different societies um, deal with sharing of the load? Sorry, can you just repeat just the last bit of um, what you said, sort of when you mentioned um, culturally? I just you just went a little bit. <laughs> I just caught the line in a funny way. That's right. I'm I'm curious in in your research uh, on uh, how we share the load. Did you look at maybe different cultures and their practices in in sharing the load? Oh, um, not not specifically yet. I mean. Um, I, I mean, I should um, in in these next few weeks, but no, not not um, not currently have I really sort of looked into that. I have been thinking about it more from a personal experience perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as you as you said before, it's sort of maybe harking back to a time where people were prioritizing. Um, sort of collective experience or um, collective sharing in in the way that we moved through society or family life or um, whatever. And I think there's a lot of people 
starting to really take more respect and um, appreciation for the way that that was done in the past. And I definitely feel that there are more people sort of trying to prioritise that way of working now, Mm. you know, circular economies and, um, yeah, the exchange of... um, of effort and help rather than money or something um, seems to be more valued again. Mm. You're on ESA Radio 89.7 FM and we are in conversation with dancer and choreographer Trami Dean talking about her latest work, Upholding, which you will be able to see on 27th and 28th of January at the East Sydney Community and Arts Centre. Trami Dean, this uh, show references, as we mentioned, the show must go on mentality. Um, and I'm interested whether you are also in that context exploring the idea of exhaustion or does it never really le- reach that point? Um, I, I'm still toying with how I I manage this sort of endurance ex- exhaustion um, aspect of the work because I... Yeah, I mean, I think that they're definitely it will it will definitely be viewed that some 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 of us may get to a point of almost exhaustion, um, but overall, in essence, this I'm sort of wanting to keep keep the idea up that um, that it can sustain and it can continue, and it doesn't all come crashing down. So that the show, yeah, sort of is continuing. Um, I think this work has um, – it exists in a world that um, the audience are just sort of dropping in on rather than um, rather than the audience particularly sort of experiencing it alongside us in more of like a live way that this – you know, it, it's not so much that you're coming to witness a dance marathon – and you're engaging with it in that way. It's more, I think, um, dropping in to see this world that uh, exists on its own in this sort of relentless, intense, you know, horrible from the outside or horrible to us way that, um, uh, yeah, sort of relentless world of motion that just sort of keeps going on and going on and going on. But it's just the way that this uh, particular universe exists. Mm. You spoke uh, at the very beginning how the work was inspired by a film that you watched. And Mm. in one of the interviews uh, for Wombat Radio, uh, you spoke about your interest. This was a couple of years ago, so maybe it changed your interest in the cinematic aesthetic in dance. Uh, So I'm interested Mm. whether it's still something that you are drawn to and whether it's something that you are exploring in this work. I assume that also requires quite a lot of funding to to achieve that aesthetic. So uh, where are you sitting there? Mm. Um, I... Yeah, I'm still. I'm very much inspired by cinema um, and like the choreography of um, editing. Mm. I really see it as um, yeah. I think my favourite art form outside of dance is definitely film because yeah, the choreography of um, of editing the gaze or editing where we where we look is is so it's just incredible and very special. Um, and I, yeah, I, I hope to more generally, um, to be able to achieve some version of directing the eye in a way that, um, cinema does so well, 
Um, but in particular, I haven't. In particular, it is, um, yeah, the the desperate the the desperation and the way that tension is sort of carried through the film um, that I am also definitely inspired by and try to find a way to <clears throat> replicate that sort of. Um, I guess it, yeah, it's about ha- sustaining attention in that um, in sort of semi thriller esque way. I guess that is you know. It's all a bit, um, the tension's all a bit high and starting to bubble up and then how to play with that uh, through the changing of scene or changing of um, image on stage to, yeah, give give an effect that we might more experience when watching film. Mm. And within this COVID time, lots of work, quite a few dancers also turned to actual cinema or or filmmaking or video making. Have you Mm. considered that idea to actually work within that genre as well? Or do you prefer actually looking at how the cinema can be brought onto the stage itself in a live work? Um, I think personally for me, more the, yeah, the the sort of... um, the second thing you just suggested, but I, I, I would definitely have an interest in, um, in doing, in being involved in a dance film sort of making, but I'm not sure how I, um, I, I don't have the skills. <laughs> I don't, I would definitely need to, um, go and do a bit of studying of how to, um, of editing or to be able to magically work with an editor who was really up for them to sort of be my fingers and for me to direct. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to do something like that, but I think, yeah, I, I, my impression has always been that um, an editor or a film editor or a videographer would, would want more of an input, but maybe I can set up a situation where I am able to do a lot of the directing there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would like to in the future, but I think primarily my interest is in live experience or live performance. I um, I much prefer it. I really, yeah, dance on film is incredible and film is amazing, but for me dance is really a felt energetic experience as a as a performer and as an audience member Mm. i really i'm not that you can't feel things energetically or not that you can't viscerally be affected from film but i um i think that's one of my favorite things about dance is 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 feeling it in the room And feeling it in in the room and these uh, ideas of directing the gaze, one of the things that can, I guess, assist that is lighting. Are you working mm. with a lighting uh, designer in this work, or are you? St- I know you're only starting the rehearsal process today, right? So, um, how far with these other steps? I actually um, am on the lookout. <laughs> so if anybody's listening and is a lighting designer, that is super busy because I know it's a busy time of year at the moment with Jen. Um, we at Sydney Fest. I am actually still on the hunt <laughs> for a lighting designer. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely I love um, the choreography, again, of lighting as well. I think it's a very important can be a very important part of um, 
of creating an image or creating a scene and yeah I I look forward to <laughs> having those discussions with whoever I'm able to lock down in the next week and so the rehearsal goes only for two weeks is that correct is that the amount of time you have to put all these ideas together yeah I did have a couple of days um in Melbourne recently so one of the dancers is based in Melbourne one of them is based in Sydney mm -hmm. um and so while I was um finishing another project in Melbourne recently I had a couple of days with one of the dancers Emma and then came up to Sydney and had a couple of days with the other funnily enough both of the dancers in this work are called Emma mm -hmm. um and so Emma in Sydney I had a few days with her last week and now um sort of yeah these next two weeks are the 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 meaty bit of the rehearsals. Mm -hmm. And these initial uh, meetings, are they more uh, discussion-based where you explore and discuss this concept of feeling overloaded? Or uh, when do you start actually the, the, the real physical thing that starts today, I assume? Yes, today. And it did start um, on Thursday and Friday of last week. Mm -hmm. We were really um, getting stuck into the material because I have done a development of this work um, in July with one of the dancers. I did a week-long uh, development then. And then the initial development of this work happened in 2020 with another dancer, Zachary Lopez, um, who, who can't be in the work at the moment because he's busy working with ADT. Um, but, yeah, the sort of initial chats last week or getting together with the sound designer um, Robert Downey and Emma Riches, one of the dancers in Melbourne, we got together a couple of days and they were sort of a bit more brainstormy days, big sort of esoteric chatty, um, sort of trying to get a grasp of the world of the work before we really got into too much of the um, physical side. But, um, yeah, we've we've basically gotten back the material that existed last time mm -hmm. physically. And, um, yeah, now we'll be sort of pushing forward with making some more and finessing what we have. Mm. That is in itself a marathon, uh, given that you started in 2020. And uh, so the idea emerged at that time and it's been two years in the making um, that's quite an endurance by itself. Or is that connected <laughs> to that waiting, maybe more? Uh, yeah, I think it's um, it's interesting because I think it's yeah, I think it's kind of both. And I um, a little while ago, I was like, oh, do I, you know, I just need to get this piece out. Like, I need to get it out of me now. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it has to come out. Like, it's been it's been sitting on the shelf but in in like a an aggressive way <laughs> like i feel like it's at the back of my mind all the time it's this thing brewing and it needs to just get out um so i've been wanting to birth it for a while um but at the same time uh, i it's almost like it was a i don't know maybe a good psychological little thing there that was pushing me to keep going in general <laughs> for um for, uh, as as an artist as a dancer like just you know keep pushing and keep going mm -hmm. um and so now to actually put it out there is yeah I, I wasn't as excited a little while ago I was like oh, I don't don't know whether I I really want to share it or push it out yet but now it feels right um and I think it's just because uh, there was a lot of 
I had other things going on or other projects and was busy with other things that I couldn't give myself the proper time and space to really um, think about this work mm. enough. But now I've got this, you know, good time to really um, forge forward with it. Mm. And in this forging forward and in these two years of development, you've obviously done a lot of research into this theme. So I'm curious whether um, there were some major shifts or trajectories that you've passed uh, where the work kind of changed from what it originally was going to be. And one thing that um, I picked up on is, again, listening to this Vombat interview that you gave, is uh, that at the beginning you referred to it more in terms of endurance, and then you kind of moved away from this concept of endurance to this idea of overloading because you felt there is some kind of difference between those to mm, mm. yeah I think um I, I was interested in this idea of endurance because it felt like at the time I was like yeah this, life does feel like a marathon I'm I'm starting to <laughs> grasp um and you know how do we sustain ourselves to just continue forward and, and I think um at the time thinking about endurance in within performance made me uh it, it was t- felt a little bit too connected to exhaustion mm-hmm. or like sort of challenging this idea challenging the body in a in a really physical way that um could bring us into a place of exhaustion and I wasn't so interested in that I wasn't I'm not so interested in you know how far can we push the body um to a point of breaking or a point of um, really, you know, really massively exhausting. I was more so, yeah, I think realised at some point that it was more about how, you know, sort of or I guess it's so, it's a very similar thing because it's almost celebrating the um, – celebrating the sort of the genius of the body or of the mind and the spirit to be able to continue on even when it is overloaded or even when it is really tired that we are able to um, adapt and somehow be flexible in in being able to maintain a sense of I don't know, upholding yourself in the way that you want to throughout life mm. or um, upholding a sense of X, Y, and Z in whatever scenario um, that we can be flexible enough to, yeah, to, to make sure that the show goes on or to continue mm. um, so, rather than, yeah, exhausting ourselves. So we don't reach the state of being overwhelmed in that process? Is that where you are taking us? I think um, no, there, there definitely are some points where, um, yeah, we sort of see a glimpse of being overloaded. It's definitely, it, def- it feels a little bit more optimistic than maybe the my first um, sort of ideas of, of the work where it was just a bit more like, oh, life's just really hard and it's, mm. you know, this is a um, a bit of a representation of how, of the struggle, that it is a struggle and that it's okay that it's a struggle and that we just have to keep, you know, um, the struggle is part of it. But now, yeah, I seem to be a little bit more optimistic about that struggle. Um Mm. Sorry, I've just, I think I, I went a little bit away from you. No, no, you you, you, <laughs> uh, I don't think you did. And also, now that, now that you mention 
this um, struggle and we, you know, in the midst of that still keep going. But there are also strategies to, to do that. And sometimes the strategy to keep going within the struggle is actually to pause uh, and to yeah. take the breath. Um, so I'm wondering if, uh, and on the other hand, from what I'm imagining your piece to be, I haven't seen it yet. It's it's this constant, relentless um, endurance in some way. Um mm. So, I mean, maybe even looking at your own personal life and practice, is there a room for pause in it? Yeah, <laughs> funny that um, you say it at the moment because I, yeah, me getting sick these last few days mm. is um, is definitely my body's way of saying, or yeah, that I, that I need to stop and take a pause so that I can continue on because. Um, I think I was feeling a little bit overloaded myself in the, you know, maybe some of the pressures I was building up for myself about making this work and getting it out there and just, um, you know, finally birthing it that I was getting a bit stressed about. And um, and it was all sort of, yeah, making me feel a bit overloaded. And then my body said, well, you need to stop now, so just take a rest. Um, and this happened to me last year about six months ago after Kia, mm. after presenting work at Kia and, I had a lot of, um, you know, my mum um, my was sick last year. I had a relationship breakdown and, um, yeah, it was a big, it was a big emotional year and, and after, yeah, after a, a sort of a busy six months, I just crashed and got really, I got really sick and had to take, yeah, I was just kind of in bed for about three weeks and it was a real, um, it was a real hit in the face that, you need to take a break sometimes and that actually it's good to schedule in a break um, to be able to keep going. So yeah, like I, this, this project actually is, is my last, it's funny. It's yeah. It's like this project is about keeping on going and I've been seeing it as really that at the moment personally, because I'm like, all right, just keep on going, get this um, project happening, get it done. And then I've scheduled in a holiday (laughs) just like a couple of days after we close the show, I'm heading to Bali for three weeks and oh, nice. I had seen that about six months ago. I was like, all right, yeah, you need to schedule in a holiday. But um, funnily enough, well, not funnily enough, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I was really busy for the last six months again as well. Um, and then so I've sort of been a bit of a workhorse recently and then, you know, I can see that it's probably going to crash soon. So, yeah, it's time to take a holiday. But I think I, I think six months <laughs> – Sounds like such a sounds so privileged to be able to schedule in holiday every six months, but maybe that's what I need to do, <laughs> or like oh, yeah. schedule in a bit more time off. Um, it's a shame within. that we are thinking about holiday or time off uh, or pause as a privilege. I think that's also uh, part of that social conditioning of just keep going. So because mm-hmm. if you stop, you start thinking, and you realize when you start, start thinking, you realize, hang on, this system that we have built does not have to be this way. Um, mm. So, you know, I think this uh, relentless marathon is, um, um, yeah, having an effect of just keeping us, you know, uh, obedient in some way yeah. to the system. Yeah, yeah so. definitely. Yeah, so we need to shake the system up by taking more holidays. Um, well, yeah, yeah, by th- taking more pauses, more breaths, more time to contemplate, I guess, where we are as a society, as, you know, as, as humans. Um, yeah, because I mean, nature takes pauses. 
you know, <laughs> everything yeah. in nature um, is in the cycle, is a speak cycle of time rather than linearity of time. It, you know, mm. is in action and inaction as as the way to operate. So um, yeah. I think the, the constant movement dehumanizes us or, de, you know, takes us away from the, the natural, I guess. Yeah, the natural sort of cycles or rhythms. Yeah, mm-hmm. where's the winter? <laughs> exactly, which is a lot, which is also the effect of the warm climate. Because I come from Croatia, where we have more moderate climate in a sense that we have winters. And friends of mine reminded me recently how in the winter they spend lots of time inside, you know, uh, weaving or making things that are very introspective. And then only in a few months of the year they go out and socialize heavily. So there is this like intro and outro space just mm. because of the climate. Mm. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I um yeah. I I I really love the um the summer space <laughs> and being outdoors and being outside all the time. You're just making me think and I'm also I'm so anti winter and anti like I really like to run away. To somewhere warmer whenever it gets cold mm. and perhaps that is a bit of uh an example of how i'm yeah i'm i'm i yeah i'm i'm eager to be running all the time or to be um to be doing this sort of relentless moving and I'm, i need to take more of a pause a winter pause at some point in bali <laughs> In Bali, <laughs> my winter pause in a hot place. Yeah. Yes, well, you know that's possible as well. Uh, I'm just thinking about how to end this conversation, and and then I'm thinking about your uh, work that deals with endings and how endings are a complicated thing. I guess because you know you just abruptly yeah. finish uh, a conversation, but I guess we can think about it in terms of pause. It's, it's something that uh, we will come back to eventually. But thank you so much, uh, Trami, for taking time this morning especially not feeling that well to talk to us not a problem thank you so much for having me on to chat it's been really great to um yeah have a little muse about the work and and chat with you you're on ESA Radio 89.7 FM and uh, we were just in conversation to dancer and choreographer Trami Dean uh, talking about her new work called Upholding, which you will be able to see on 27th and 28th of January at the East Sydney Community and Arts Centre here close by in Darlinghurst. We'll have a short music break. This is ESA Radio.